0: everyone and welcome to an exciting episode of deadpan studio presents by deadpan studio podcast i am your host the Matt. i'm here once again by my lonesome because i'm recording two interviews in one night because i love awesome people and i love talking to awesome people so uh in this interview i am speaking with uh mr john panaris and uh he is a gentleman that i've come to know over the past few years uh he's a very awesome gentleman love him to death I consider him a pretty good friend and, uh, hell, I just admire him. Um, he is a gentleman who is blind, has been his entire life, but he has not let that stop him from all of his goals. There's a number of things that he's done. And honestly, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, the things that he's done for just about, well, anything that I know about him. And, uh, it's going to be fun, and he's possibly, hopefully, one day down the road going to do a podcast with us here at Deadpan Studio Podcast under his own show. So, with that, if you would like to reach us, get us at on the email at deadpanstudio18 at gmail.com. We've got social media, deadpanstudio18 at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as a whole list of streaming services including iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify. We just got a list of them all the way down to YouTube, iHeartRadio, uh, just a bunch of them, as well as most importantly, just because they're our server and we love them to death, Podbean. Check out Podbean. It's a podcasting app. You can also go to the website, podbean.com, and then just look us up, Dempant Studio Podcast, or go to dampanstudio.podbean.com. You'll see our black and white logo, and you got us. So, without further ado, I'm going to get right into it here. I had just so much fun talking to this gentleman every time I get to, and it, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I do. Take it away, John. Catch you guys on the outro. See ya. Ladies and gentlemen, audience, I'm sitting here right now, not across from anybody, but also, you know, like we've been doing the past few months because of COVID, virtually, we're going to do another interview tonight. And tonight, here at Deadpan Studio Podcast, Deadpan Studio Presents, we're going to be interviewing a buddy of mine that I uh, I enjoy getting to speak with on a weekly basis because, you know, good Lord, he's just entertaining and he's funny and he's just a good person. This is Mr. John Panarese. John, how you doing, buddy? All right, I didn't know you were
1: talking about me for a second there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, who do I have on here? Am I actually... Yeah, wait, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, the uh, the reason I I wanted you on here tonight is because, I mean, the whole point of this show, Dead Pants Studio Presents, is just to interview people that I find interesting, and I, I just, I've always found you to be interesting, and not in a negative way at all, just, I just... You're hilarious. I, I I like you know getting to talk to you, and I think the audience is going to get a good kick out of it too. Hey, hey they might order because you do sports radio, so.
1: Yes, I do actually. <laughs> One of my many hats.
0: Yeah, now something that uh, the audience, uh, well, they may know because it'll be in the uh, social media, but you're obviously you're visually impaired, correct?
1: Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Since uh, well. Retinoblastoma when I was ten months old. I had some vision up until about eleven or twelve when I had an inoperable cataract that pretty much knocked me down to light perception at best.
0: Oh, and uh, today, are you are you completely you know one hundred percent blind? No shapes or anything like that. No light.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I can see light if it shines directly in in my face. Like I can kind of see it, but but that's pretty much it at this point.
0: Um. Of course, you know, like everything else. I I'm going to try not to focus on that because I'm sure that's something that you're you're used to talking about all the time anyway and it's it's you, it's a part of you and you're just, Sometimes I'm sure you get like, "Oh, okay, that's not all of me." So
1: <laughs> Well, yeah, and it's always the, you know, "Oh, that's so amazing." And it's like, "Well, it's really not that amazing <laughs> from my from where I'm sitting, you know." It's yeah, like like because I can You're just, you. you're just can... A,
0: an average yeah, everyday person. I,
1: Why? So I can tie my shoes, you know, I can, you know, I can put my clothes on, you know, one, one pants leg at a time. Does that make me amazing?
0: (laughs) Honestly, I don't even know if I can tie my shoes anymore. I've always gone without shoelaces. I've gone without shoelaces for like all the past six
1: years, <laughs> <laughs> I got to do that. Actually, I'm getting tired of tying shoes. Not that I can't do it; I'm just getting tired of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then about halfway through the day, it comes undone, and you don't you don't pay yeah, attention you gotta, to it.
1: Yeah, and then you trip over it, and now if somebody's like, "Oh, your two tool- your shoelaces untied,"
0: oh, damn. I'm not falling for that, and then you fall on your face. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so okay. Aside from, (laughs) sorry, I got me, (laughs) uh, aside from all that, um, what are, what are some of the things that you do in your normal life? I know a lot of these things I already know, but this is for the listeners. So what what sort of things uh, do you do that, uh, you know, for work and your hobbies and things like that?
1: Well, I'm self-employed. So my main job is I am, uh, a technology trainer, I guess is the catchphrase um I specialize with Apple products. I do iPhone, uh, iPad, iP- iPod Touch, iWatch, or I should say Apple Watch, please. Um, <laughs> Mac computers and such, all of that stuff. Plus, I do some, you know, Windows training and other technology, specifically targeted for blind and low vision people. But I have taught sighted people as well. Um, I'm an Apple. I'm certified as a trainer by Apple. I mean, I'm certified in other ways too, but that's another <laughs> story. Um, But I'm an Apple certified trainer and an Apple certified support professional, which are two very difficult um, certifications to get without a lot of work. Um, And I've been doing that for about 11 years. Prior to that, I was selling products for blind and low vision from like 1993 until 2009, 2010, somewhere in there. So I changed shifted gears when it just looked like the blindness market for selling was starting to sort of contract upon itself. And I sort of, you know, it's the, you know, no pun intended, the handwriting on the wall kind of thing. So I got into training because it was just kind of convenient. And working with Apple, I had been working with Apple Accessibility since 2005. So it was kind of an easy segue to get into it. And, you know, with the contacts I've made over the years, I've managed to sort of carve out my own little niche as a trainer. Um, You know, it's very difficult to do that as a private contractor. You know, I don't work for a center, you know, I, I do my own thing. I, I'm contracted with about a dozen different states. Uh, I do some stuff for Helen Keller services here locally. Oh, no kidding. So it's a it's a it's a hard road. It's if you know anybody who's out there who knows self employed you know, it, it, it's not, it's, it's not a nine to five job. You, you you don't take the weekends off. You're, you're constantly working. Even when you're on vacation, sometimes you find yourself having to follow up with emails and things like that.
0: Oh yeah. And then, I mean, especially, uh, I, I've known your phone has rang a, a number of times, uh, you know, when we're in the middle of stuff. So it's like, uh, you know, it could happen here. You know, you could have a client that needs your attention in the middle of this interview, and if that yeah, happens, it I put happens.
1: on do not disturb, so hopefully that won't happen. I've actually remembered this time to do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you kind of answered my question of what got you into this. So let's let's move uh, let's move aside from a little bit of uh, work. What are some of your favorite hobbies? Um,
1: sports. I do a sports radio talk show as a sort of side hobby. I don't get paid, uh, to do it, but, uh, I do something for, um, sportstalk1240.com. Uh, if you're in the New York, Long Island area, it's WGBB 1240 AM. And I think it's 95.9 FM, which is WHB or something. I forget what our FM thing is it's brand new so i don't really remember what what that part is um so i'm a big you know big hockey fan big baseball fan big football fan i follow basketball a bit um i like you know uh reading uh, you know fantasy science fiction things like that mm-hmm. uh into exercising that's been like my latest passion is uh, i decided to actually follow up on a new year's resolution and get myself back into shape. When I got my black belt back in 1997, I was like in the best shape of my life. Oh, wow. So I've really got into the fitness stuff. I've been doing a lot of reading. I got a home gym and, a, and an elliptical machine and have dropped some pretty good weight at this point. And uh, actually feeling good at 52 for a change. Instead of feeling like a like a lazy slug slob as I did <laughs> like last year. And the getting to holidays last year was embarrassing to me. I just... Really felt fat and out of shape. And, when I, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't obese or anything like that. But you just get to a point where it just, to go up a flight of stairs, you're at the top of the stairs going, <sighs> what the <laughs> heck is wrong with me? You know, so yeah, when I got into that. Your middle that.
0: name starts becoming Sucking Wind. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's my, yeah, and then my my, Ameri- my Native American name, that's what they can call me, you know.
0: she's uh, Sucking Wind. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but
1: now you know eight months later i'm like i said i'm i'm feeling really good i'm I, I i think i wish i knew the stuff that i know now when i was in my prime and i was in my 20s and 30s mm-hmm. because i've learned so much about exercising and weightlifting and how to do it properly so that i'm kind of kicking myself that at 52 i finally figured it out
0: yeah i, I mean i am kind of in the same boat as you i i honestly you know last week i started uh not complete keto. I've gone very low carb. I'm not completely cutting out carbs, but I've gone very low carb for a diet, just to try to really kick my metabolism back into where it was. Yeah. a number of years ago, yeah. I'd lost 115 pounds, uh, and that was a that was hard work and uh, diet in the and just being in the gym day in and day out. And, and I honestly, looking back on it, I kind of wish that I'd hired somebody to teach me how to do things the right way because I've got a lot of problems in my back now. And, uh, I'm sure the extra weight that I've got really doesn't help things, but it's sort of like, uh, you know, you look back and you go, I wish that I knew what I know now because exactly. Oh man. I w- if I had done deadlifts and squats and things like, uh, like that, if I had done that properly, I'd probably be in better shape than I am right now.
1: Well, that's just it. You, you, when you're younger, it's like you focus on the chest, that the, you know, the, the, uh, the biceps, the arms. You don't really focus on doing things right for the legs and the back, and for stability in your core. I mean, I've, I've really learned a lot about, you know, there's actually different muscles in your back, you know, latissimus yeah. muscles and your rhomboids, and just making sure you, you do compound exercises, and you know, and I have, a, I have a sciatic issue Ooh. from time to time. So I've had to learn how to deal with that while, you know, working out and doing stretches. And I found some great, I mean, the beautiful thing about technology from a blind person standpoint is, and it's, you know, for sighted people as well, but you can find anything on the internet. And I've just put together my own workout programs. And, and it was really cool because I got in touch Uh, there's a a bodybuilding.com, not to give anybody a plug, but uh, I ended up joining them and and just getting in touch with a couple of their trainers, not because I want to become a competition bodybuilder, but I just wanted to know if I was doing stuff right. Mm -hmm. And I got in touch with a couple of their trainers and I sent one guy my workout program. And I said, look, can you do me a favor? Can you, can you tell me if this is okay? Am I doing too little too much? Am I going to hurt myself? And he was like, Hey, you're right on the money. As long as you're not hurting yourself, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) So it kind of made me feel good because I don't know any. I'm not a trainer, you know. My thing is technology. I know, I know computers and stuff. So I just learned just by reading article after article at night, you know, and in the early mornings before I start doing work stuff, you know, or after I do work stuff. So I put together my own workout routines and, you know, figured out how to do stuff. So it it really, like I said, I wish I knew this. 20 years ago.
0: And honestly, you know, I think you were kind of at a, at an, uh, at an advantage. Wow. Wow. I stopped learning how to, uh, being able to speak for a minute. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think you're a kind of an, a sort of an advantage, uh, you know, not being able to, you know, see it because you're able to, you can feel your body. I honestly, I believe you could feel yes. your body better than yeah. most people who are sighted because we live and lean with our sight, Whereas, you know you as, an, uh, as a person who can't see you know your body's your thing you know
1: <laughs> right you get into – you feel how things are the only problem i really had was finding descriptions of how to do some of the exercises broken down in a step by step way that actually is good enough for a blind person like you find stuff on time, on online and it's and there's images so mm-hmm. a sighted person can look at it and see, okay, step one, you do this, step two, you st- – but it, a lot of them weren't broken down. And that's really what got me into you know finding bodybuilding.com because their exercise descriptions are very blind friendly and really break down the movements in, in a way that I could sit there and go, oh, okay, I can do this. And feel it. And I, and I know how it should feel, you know, when you, when you, when you're extending, you know, when you got the full stretch in your arms and, you know, Mm -hmm. your back or whatever, and as long as you're not tweaking yourself or you're not, you know, hurting your shoulder joints or something like if you're doing, uh, you know, uh, standing up rows, you know, and things like that, you got to be careful not to hurt your shoulder joints. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I like reading all this stuff has made such a big difference because I know I probably hurt myself when I was younger, Mm. Just yeah. like you were saying.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was stupid when I was younger playing backyard football. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Joe, that didn't help you back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, now, now I heard you mention earlier that you were uh, a black belt. Now, was that in uh, – what martial art was that?
1: Uh, taekwondo. Chengdo Kwan Taekwondo. I also took uh, Bujinkan ninj- Ninjutsu for a while. Very cool. And I did a little bit of hapkido and a little bit of judo uh, when I was younger. But I got my black belt in '97. I was working towards my second stage, but my instructor ended up moving upstate, and then our ninjitsu instructor, me and my brother were going to, he ended up moving. So I kind of fell out of the martial arts. It's one of those things I'd love to get back into. I just don't know if my sciatica with my sciatica, if I could if I could really handle falling down and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you never know. With the type of stretches you do for that, it could actually help. And yeah, it
1: could. Just... I mean, I'd be curious. I'd, I'd like to see if I could still do some of those techniques with a, with an instructor.
0: Yeah, I'd, I really would like to get back into martial arts. Uh, I did Kung Fu for a few years. and I,
1: I always learned... wanted to do Kung. I was actually what I wanted to do initially, but I couldn't find... An instructor who was willing to teach a blind person and that was the, always the word I got I go into schools with my brother and the instructor would be like well I'd really like to teach you but I've never worked with a blind person I don't know how well that would go and I finally found a guy Walter Vendora um, who was willing didn't he told me flat out never worked with a blind person didn't really know how to do it but we just kind of figured it out ourselves and then my ninjitsu instructor was like hey you know it's ninjitsu it should be for anybody so he just kind of had no hesitation to want to teach me.
0: Especially, uh, you know, since uh, one of the core principles of martial arts is being able to use the senses you have, because
1: right. You know,
0: look, let's let's go Hollywood. The Hollywood route to try to relate to the average everyday person. I'm sure everybody's seen a martial arts film where the person, you know, gets blinded or he loses his hearing, and for some odd reason, you know they have to adapt and overcome that. You would think in, you know, martial arts, that's something that they would normally be taught is okay. Well, if you cannot rely on this one sense, you need to rely on your other. So you can impart that onto your students in that aspect.
1: And ninjutsu is very much, you know, into that with the senses and, you know, the, you know, ninjutsu traditional, I'm not talking about like teenage mutant ninja turtle stuff. Right. You know, I'm talking about traditional, you know, Bujinkan, uh, you know, Aka'i uh, Ninjutsu, where it's it's the senses. So, you know, um, reaching for the void and you're not relying on, you know, your sight or, or your hearing alone. If, you, if you, you, you know, you want a sense, it's that sixth sense. And I can't think of the Japanese term, of course, it's been years, uh, that re- refers to that, where it's sight without seeing is what it's kind of termed Mm -hmm. and that's what i was starting to get taught how to do it's like you really you basically visualize yourself with quadrants around you so you you know you have your front front left front right directly to your left your right your back left your back right and your six you know you're directly behind you Mm -hmm. and you kind of measure where something's coming from sounds anything and you always try to put it into that perspective to know your environment yeah, and, that's- and it's not just for self-defense necessarily. Yeah. It's just knowing your environment There's a blind person traveling on his own, you know, knowing where this sound of traffic is coming from. If you got somebody walking near you or coming towards you, you know, or whatever, or any kind of sound, you know, you want to kind of you know put that into quadrants, you know.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's good for your mental health too. I mean, yes. Meditation. Great practice. Meditation.
1: You know. is Yeah. I mean, that was one of the best exercises was just, you just sit there meditating and the instructor would just go move around the school and make sounds and just have you realize where it's coming from, or he would tap you in a certain, you know, what, you know, you just, you kind of, you want to focus and hone in on, on that, where that's coming from.
0: Yeah. Learning how to clear your mind of everything and just focusing on the one thing.
1: I miss it. I do. I really do miss I it. I
0: do too. And yeah, we have one martial arts school here and it's a, you know, it's American Martial Arts Academy which, you know, it's a it's a very nice school. It's just uh, their schedule doesn't really match up with my work schedule. So their classes are done right about the time I get off work.
1: <laughs> well, it was finding a a private instructor who's willing cuz I mean, I've I've worked within classes and that was probably the coolest thing with Taekwondo. Later on, I actually got integrated into some of the classes and I became sort of an assistant instructor and worked with with some of the people. And And when I got my black belt, I worked with like two different guys who were my partners. And it was a great experience and, you know, becoming that having that camaraderie. But, you know, it's it's tough because, you know, I I was lucky that I had a good group of people who accepted me and it wasn't like, oh, the blind guy, you know, stay away from him or, you know, they were I think they were more or less like fascinated by the fact. And then the fact that I was a brown belt at that time, I think they kind of looked at me with a little bit of awe. You know, it was a lot of younger people. So I was 30, 31 when I got my black belt. So I had a lot of people who were 16, 18, 20 years old. So I think they looked at me like, wow, that's that's, you know, something to work towards, you know, which yeah, which made Im- me feel good.
0: Just imagine how how much they underestimated you and the fact that you reached that level, you know.
1: Yeah. And it, it, it's I think, you know, especially when I work with a couple of the, the kids and, and, you know, and just I remember I worked with this kid, Steve, small, light guy. And we were doing some kind of hand to hand kind of stuff. And I flipped him. And I didn't realize, because, you know, I'm not a small guy and I'm pretty strong. And I didn't realize how, because he's tall. So I kind of thought, oh, he's a tall kid. And I ended up throwing him like halfway across the talk <laughs> show. And I felt so bad. But he was like, he, you know, he did the role. He came up and he's like, holy crap, that was awesome. <laughs> and I felt terrible. I'm like, oh, Steve, I'm really sorry. He's like, no, no, that was great. That was great.
0: <laughs> uh Keeping into you know the sports area, um, you mentioned you lo- you love hockey. Is that your favorite sport?
1: It probably is. I mean, I've I'm part of the the Islander booster club. Uh, I've been a season ticket holder for the New York Islanders. I was for at least a dozen years. Um, I had spo- I had um, what do you call it? Access credentials. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, for, through through our radio station, we were actually I sat in the press box a few times and you stuff. Said they don't pay you no no they don't pay <laughs> us unfortunately but having the press credentials is really cool because i get oh, yeah. to got to meet you know at the time it was um uh, howie rose and 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 uh uh billy jaffe and the guys from the dallas stars uh, i don't think people are going to know well maybe they might know down in, in, do. in <laughs> uh, daryl ray razor um oh. just great great people and i can't remember who the uh the play-by-play guy was at the time. He's not there anymore, but he—he he was really just nice people, just great people. Oh,
0: very cool. What is it about hockey that that you love about it so much? Because I know why I love hockey, and I'm just kind of wondering—wondering uh, what draws you to it.
1: I, I don't. I mean, I love baseball, and and football is awesome, but hockey to me, it's it's just a. It's, for me, it's a challenge because it's such a quick and visual sport and things happen so fast. And, you know, it's funny. I've said this to people and people think I'm absolutely insane. But I always say, you know, if God granted me my sight, if I magically got my sight back in a flash, one of the first things I'd want to do is sit down and watch a hockey game from beginning to end. Don't bother me. Don't talk to me. Just let me watch the game from beginning to end. And and, and that's one of the first things I would do if I had sight. You know, it's like my friends, like, oh, would you go to a strip club? And I'm like, no, I go to a hockey game.
0: <laughs> I t- tell you what, I, I actually, not long ago, I one of my favorite documentaries now, um, I actually watched it about uh, – the 1969 and 70 uh, Philadelphia Flyers with the, uh, the, the Broad Street Bullies.
1: Oh, the Broad Street Bullies. Yep. Oh, <laughs>
0: that was a, that was some tough playing. They didn't win yeah, because was... they were good. They won because they were <laughs> badasses.
1: <laughs> well, that was the old expression. You know, I went to a, a fight and a hockey game broke out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was kind of where that came from, that 60s, late, you know, the 70s, the Broad Street Bullies yeah, and the with, way the Bruins played. And, you know, Martin we had the, the,
0: the and yeah, Perrin and you had the and,
1: Canadians that were more of the finesse and the scoring. And then you had, you know, the Rangers and the Flyers, Flyers and the Bruins and were just going to beat the crap out of you. Oh, yeah.
0: That's sort of like uh, in the NBA, the way the Pistons used to be back in the 80s.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of people know this, but uh, Matt used to be a sports fan way back when. uh I have, I, I kind of fallen out of, uh, it's fallen out of my good graces just because some of the changes they've made now I, doesn't mean I don't understand the changes I do. And I do think they were needed, but it still takes some of the excitement out of it, especially yeah. in sports like football. I mean, even NASCAR racing, you know, some of that, uh, you know, you, you would watch the movie like days of thunder, you know, NASCAR wasn't that huge back then, you know, that Tom Cruise movie that, you know, that movie really put NASCAR on the map. And I would like to quote a line from there, uh, called, uh, rubbing is racing. Not anymore.
1: Well, and, and, and I, I, you know, I'm not, I don't know NASCAR that well, but I love the idea. Like I've read a lot of stuff about, about driving, you know, the, the race car drivers and stuff. And, and people don't understand how challenging that is physically and mentally. I mean, these guys, their bodies, experience it as much as it's just not the cars going in an oval you know yeah driving these cars and maneuvering and and fighting for position and And jockeying for position
0: constant vibration of the yes
1: right right i have a lot of respect for those guys i really do it's it's just to me i that's another thing i would love to experience if i had sight driving a car
0: oh
1: (laughs) and just doing that just just letting it rip you know just flying down a racetrack
0: which kind of brings me to, would you ever trust a self-driving Tesla for you?
1: Um, I would with, tech, with time. Like right now, I mean, everybody's talking about driverless cars. And I think the biggest problem from what I've read, and, and I stand corrected if somebody you know, writes to the podcast or whatever. But my understanding from talking to people who've like kind of been into this is that the human factor for these cars is still the thing they can't get by. You know, in other words, they—they they, you have the, you know, the GPS and, and, and you know, that's the detection, the motion detection and stuff. But you can't predict what a stupid person is going to do, whether it's a driver or a pedestrian. Yeah. And that's where the accidents happen, because the car's smart technology is not at the point where it can figure out what a dumbass human is going to do.
0: <laughs> You're absolutely right. I was just yelling about one earlier today. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I to answer your question i'd love that i I think it would be the coolest thing to get into a car and say, "You know, put programmer i'm going to go down to Glasgow, Kentucky, and visit you guys,
0: yeah,
1: and just sit back and you know whatever but i, I like I said I, at this moment, i don 't know if I would trust being able to get out of New York with the idiots that drive around here." <laughs>
0: You'd be lucky to make it three blocks with these idiots.
1: Yeah, basically, I think, and Long Island drivers are not the best either. No offense to anybody, but believe me, I've been driving with enough people to hear stories and be told numerous times a week, you're lucky you can't see because you would have died. You know, you would have had a heart attack if you saw that, whatever. Uh,
0: So um, talking about something else that you enjoy, what got you into doing radio?
1: Uh, My partner, Gary. Gary Harding is completely to blame. He's responsible. So anybody who doesn't like me on the radio, it's his fault.
0: That's right.
1: Now, I I used to contribute. I still contribute. Now I'm actually a co-writer. But back in the day, he used to run a a blog. And I used to comment on his posts. And we used to get into email conversations and then telephone conversations. And he actually worked for my brother-in-law for a while, for uh, Avis, when my Mm brother-in-law was there and he was there. So... I, I, he just happened to ask me if he's like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, start doing this radio show for WGBB. Do you want to do it? And I was like, Hey, hell it's blind. Yeah. This works perfect. You know, so, (laughs) you know, seven years ago, this August, I think it was 28th or something like that was our our first show in 2013. So I think we're celebrating our seventh year. We were just talking about it on yesterday. Uh, we were on the air. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just been fun. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy interviewing people. I enjoy talking to the callers who come, you know, who call in. It's, it's just a great experience.
0: Yeah, I, t- I totally get that. That's why I really love the interview format that we do this. Not that we have a format. I, d- I'm just talking, you know, I have nothing written down uh, for you. I, I never really have anything written down for most of the interviews. I just start talking. Uh, but I don't know. Did you find yourself nervous the first time you got on the radio?
1: Not really, because it was like more or less a conversation, Gary and I talking, and then just the the only thing I kind of got nervous about in the beginning was the interviews. You know, because at first, Gary and I used to do these preformed questions, and he used to write out these questions and email them to me, and I had to memorize them, and sometimes I'd write them out in Braille and bring the sheets with me. And then we got to the point where we were like, so, we, we got such great chemistry that we just go back and forth. And we have these signals where he kind of taps me under the table with his foot when it's my turn to ask the question. But normally we just kind of do, you know, ping pong back and forth questions. And we usually both know what we're going to ask. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we kind of ask the question that the other guy was (laughs) going to ask, but we kind of recover and it, it like it flows very, very easily. So at this point I just enjoy, I enjoy the interviews. I like, you know, we had guys calling into the show, who I admire and respect for, like, if you're an Islander fan, you know, Christian Arnold and, you know, the people from the blue and orange army and stuff like that, just people I've read about and I've read their posts and I've read their, their, you know, uh, Christian Arnold's work for like NHL.com. And he worked for uh, a point blank Islanders point blank and stuff, just a great guy. And just to be able to like talk to these guys and and ask them questions and have them ask you questions is like amazing to me.
0: Now, have you ever uh, gotten to interview you know, a sports person that, uh, personality that you admire?
1: Brian Trottier. Really? Uh, Brian Trottier was one of the best interviews that I, I had. Um, what a great guy to interview. And, and I just remember, I, I asked him two questions that absolutely floored him. And I was very, um, flattered when he's like, I, I never got asked that question before. <laughs> Cause I asked him who in the NHL, which center in the NHL right now, Reminds him of him as a 20 or 25 year old the most. And then the other question I had is if he had the chance, if he found the fountain of youth and he could go, you know, go back and play 2000. Well, this was 2018 NHL. Would he do it? Would he want to play the game now? And, And he was just totally amazed by those two questions and it was like it was really interesting i was kind of flattered with the fact that I, I kind of stumped them on those and doc emmerich was another great one of my other favorite interviews we did doc from uh nbc the the, the, the uh you know the nhl mm-hmm. games he was a great he started interviewing me and gary <laughs> which <laughs> was i thought was the funniest thing is he starts asking us questions and i'm sitting there going Wait a second! Are, aren't we supposed to be interviewing him?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's definitely something I thought might have happened when I uh, when I was interviewing uh, local uh, radio personality here, Kelly McKay. Uh, she said she uh, said that she didn't know if she'd have a whole lot to say because he, she's used to being on the other side of the microphone you know, asking the questions. And I kind of thought that, uh, you know, there was a possibility she might turn around and start asking us questions. But...
1: <laughs> yeah. That's, that was like the weirdest thing though. Doc starts asking us questions and I'm like, me and Gary, I could tell like Gary too. It's like after we got off the interview, it's like, Holy cow. He was interviewing us. <laughs> well, at least and a, there at was least another could,
0: uh, You could lean back and go, Hey, we got interviewed by him. Check that's that right. Out. That's
1: right. Bucket but, list. Uh, but one, another fun interview that comes to mind is we actually, if, if you're an Islander fan, you'll remember who Steve Webb was from the Ooh, '90s. He I actually came Webb. into the studio, and he sat down with us and meeting him. and I got my picture. It's on my I think it's on my Facebook page somewhere uh, with him. What a great guy! What a what a nice guy! A lot of fun stuff that I can't even talk about that happened off air. <laughs> <laughs> Just some of the comments and, and joking around and stuff that came up was just amazing and then him on the air just his stories were were just awesome stuff so that was probably the three best uh, interviews i'm probably missing others jigs McDonald. um uh oh, there's a, there's a whole bunch of other people we we've interviewed that is great sharon hogan from the uh from the MSG broadcast for, here locally uh, and she's a great interview She's a wonderful person. I, I can't say enough good things about her. She, we, I think we've interviewed her three times now. Wow.
0: Now, of course, you don't have to name names, but <laughs> I just got to know, are there some people that you just absolutely dread if you hear they're going to be on? Not yet. Not
1: yet. Uh, not yet. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I just enjoy getting to talk to some of these guys, especially guys like when I had season tickets in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. And getting to, to interview some of these guys, Derrick King and, you know, just guys, Steve Webb, Mick Vakoda, people that played when I was watching the games, I, 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 w- I just love it. I, I just love it. I mean, it really has not been anybody where I've said, that was that was a waste of, you know, 20 minutes or whatever. <laughs> You know, not yet. I mean, of nice. course, there's always a first time for stuff. Uh, some of the, call, you know, what it is when you take callers, that's oh. sometimes like we, we have a couple of callers and I'm not going to say any names, right. but there's a couple of people who call in the show pretty regularly. And when I hear their voice, I'm kind of like, oh, no, <laughs> this is, this is going to be tough. You know, this is going to be a pain in the butt to deal with.
0: It would be commercial time. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes. Yeah, like, I'm thinking, I'll just let Gary handle us. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, if you're listening, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, now one of the cool things that I've always, I've always thought, you know, I kind of admire about you is you travel. You love to travel.
1: Yes. Yes. Without a doubt.
0: What are some it's of your like- favorite places that you get to go, that you've been able to go to?
1: Well, I I traveled on business with my dad a lot and, you know, for, you know, he died in 2014, but he was my business partner in my first business. Basically, he was my eyes. So New Orleans, you know, uh, was probably one of my favorite places, uh, you know, going out to California, Los Angeles and um, Orlando and stuff. But in the last, I guess what's been great about being a technology trainer is I I mainly travel for pleasure now. So, you know, Hawaii is probably my favorite thing, favorite place to go. But my favorite kind of travel is cruises. I've been on nine cruises. Thank you, Trish. Um, got me hooked on cruises. It's um, easy. It's easy. To it's very on. easy. I, I just, you know, and the thing was, like, I was raised with the men. My dad was in the Navy, so he didn't. he saw his share of ships. You know, he was on aircraft carriers <laughs> and he had no desire to go cruising, really. And then yeah. my mother, he, my mother kind of, uh, you know, raised us with this idea. You don't want to be locked on a ship and you get seasick and blah, blah, blah. So anytime cruises had come up when I was growing up, I was like, I don't want to do that. I want to do that. And when Trish brought it up the first couple of times, I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to go on a cruise. So finally, <laughs> she got me to agree. Look, we'll try it out. And if you don't like it, I'll never bother you again about it. OK, Well within the first day I was hooked. So I just can't wait. You know, it's like anytime I start planning a cruise, I'm just like, I'm, I'm through the roof.
0: Oh yeah. You know,
1: I'm just I, so excited.
0: I love cruises. I mean the, the, the food first of all, is that is, has always oh, been yeah. bad. oh, that was the first oh, time yeah. I'd ever had yeah, some it, really good quality yeah. tiramisu. Oh. Oh.
1: oh man. Especially the specialty restaurants. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I've been doing Norwegian, so people might, you know, um, La Cucina's, uh, 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 what do you call it? The steakhouse. I can't think of the the name of the steakhouse, but holy cow, the food is oh. just, just terrific, oh, just and... terrific.
0: Yeah, one of the C- things...
1: Cagney's, Cagney's oh, Steakhouse. Cagney's, That's,
0: yeah. yeah, Cagney's. Yeah.
1: I knew it would come to me. Just <laughs> had to think about ribeye and and porterhouse, and it came back to me.
0: Sad think about food <laughs> for just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But oh. you know that's my that's my favorite. But I mean, I I, I really enjoyed Aruba for those folks. Aruba, I did a, an all inclusive. Trish and I did that May of last year, and it was five nights. And it was at the Didi Resort, and it was awesome. I can't. I mean, that was I, my claim to fame. With that was other than souvenirs, I spent six dollars and seventy two cents <laughs> out of pocket. And and that was a make a phone call from the hotel to the uh, to, to the, you know get a uh, a shuttle service to go to the airport. It cost me six dollars <laughs> and seventy two cents for that call. But other than wow. that, everything was all inclusive. The restaurants, everything didn't pay only souvenirs. That's the only money I, I actually spent on that. Wow. That trip, and I, I'd love to go back.
0: Now, are there are places that you uh, like on a bucket list. You want to go to. Um.
1: I'd love to get to Australia one of these days. Uh, Trish is not big into it, but I'd like to go to Japan. Oh, I, yeah. I'd love to go to Japan. Uh, I want to go to Europe. I want to go to Ireland. I want to go to Italy, Scotland. Scotland is a place I definitely want to go. The castles, and, you know, and I, I mean, there's still a lot of places I want to get to. I want to, there's a cruise that Norwegian runs that we're, we're talking about doing next year, God willing, you know, the cruise industry and stuff comes yeah. back. But they have a Panama Canal cruise. Oh, wow. It goes out of New York and it goes through the Panama Canal and it comes back and you dock in um, in Florida. Uh, not Cape, not Canaveral. I think it's uh, Miami or something like that. And then you, fly, you, know, you obviously have to fly back to New York, but I, that's the cruise I want to do. It's exactly. like eight or nine stops, you know, along the way, different islands in the Caribbean.
0: Yeah, I, I tell you what, I, when I got to travel when I was younger, I say that like I'm an older person, but I'm not. But when I, when I was younger, I got to, I got to travel quite a bit. I got to go over to Europe and that was probably has to be the best trip now I've ever had. I got to go to Germany and Luxembourg and Bonn, baden I got to go see Paris and, you know, one of the That's best. That's awesome. Oh, well. Paris was a, was great, except for two things. One, the Eiffel Tower isn't as great as you think it is.
1: Really? Okay. Yeah. Thanks for telling me that because that's what Trish wants. She wants to go to Paris to get a picture with the at the Eiffel Tower.
0: Well, I, t- I tell you what, uh, I, I don't don't tell her because I don't want to burst her bubble. Uh, that's just it's just something people have to experience for themselves. Uh, when I got there, you know, you've got all these stories about the Eiffel Tower and how. It just, you know, it, it's almost like it was made out of gold, right? You know, just how majestic it Out How it rusted out copper is what it looked like.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: but I tell you what, the view from the top of there where, where you could see everything was, was amazing. It was. Um, I got to see Notre Dame before, uh, obviously, oh, that, before uh, it burned. It was yeah. beautiful. Um, the river stank. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: what I hear. Yeah. Somebody else told me that who was there recently. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, well, I mean, uh, the way their sewage system works, a lot of that, st- a lot of their sewage goes through the, through the river. So, or at least it did back then. I don't know if that's how it still is, but it still had a scent. And also some French people aren't too kind uh, to uh, Americans. They, yeah. That's they what I hear about any country outside of America, especially right now. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're not going to go there, uh, <laughs> but it was it was cool. I, I really liked uh, I really liked seeing that. Now I tell you what the the most memorable thing that I got to do when I was there is I got to go visit uh, one of the one of the concentration camps.
1: I really want to do that. I, I really do. I, I understand it's a very emotional and 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 di- you know uh, it's difficult. And I I was talking to somebody who did that recently, and I really do want to try that.
0: Right now, I mean, it's been, it's probably been, uh, how old was I? Um, 12 years old. Twelve, thirteen 12, 13 years that, old. And that thinking, must have been
1: very traumatic, though.
0: Thinking back on it right now, I'm getting chills right now. It's warm in this room that I'm at because I don't have the air conditioning on. I've got a little fan on me. It's quite warm in here, and I'm getting chills thinking about it. Uh, I can imagine. the Just the air of the whole thing. At, even at 12 years old. I didn't know a thing about it because we hadn't really covered anything like that in school at that point. Um, as soon as you take that first step in, everything about your life does change. It makes you. Thank I can you man, I can't so even. Much. And
1: I I can't even imagine. I mean, I I I for me, like you know, the the walk in the Civil War battlefields is oh. is emotionally for me i i don't know why that is i mean you know it it maybe I, in a former life that's what i would i don't know but Honestly, like i've gone to gettysburg and stuff and and it's just been very i i tear up
0: yeah yeah i mean uh, you know I, I just, see i could go on and on and on talking about that first but that's that's the most memorable thing i remember from that entire trip yeah, I, I remember everything else but that was unreal and the scariest thing about being over there in europe was the autobahn
1: <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! I'm glad that's one place. I, if I'm if I'm ever on there, I'm going to be glad I can't see. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there oh, are no. very few times where I can say that I'm glad I can't see something, and that would probably be one of them.
0: Going 85 mile an hour, and you still have people going.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the heck was that? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! Oh man! I, I, I'm
0: I'm interviewing you and I'm being taken back right now. <laughs> no, That's
1: it. And that's the whole thing about travel. You got to experience it. I mean, I know people and I kind of, and I don't want to sound snooty or whatever, but I, I I've talked to people who's like, they, they haven't even left their own, their own town, their own yeah. city ever. And it's like, just to experience other places, just, and I'm not saying just to, you know, vacation, just to go on vacation, but just Mm -hmm. to experience that, go to other places and see how people live and, you know, eat their food and just, just, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a different experience.
0: Well, I I tell you what, next time you come in, uh, we're going to have to take you to a place, uh, since you want to go visit Australia, we're going to have to take you to a place called Kentucky Down Under, because this past weekend I got to pet and feed a kangaroo.
1: Oh, I want to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was awesome.
1: <laughs> I might I might try to sneak the Joey home, but
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, it might could get, get me in trouble. It's <laughs> just this. Uh, it's this little um, exotic pet zoo. Not like not like Joe Exotic Zoo. Um, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no
1: thanks. <laughs> me and tigers and lions. No. no, 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 no. Sorry.
0: No, but this one this one's pretty cool. It's just a it's a little thing. Um, we got tickets before uh, right. Uh, might have been a little bit after COVID hit. And, uh, but we, have you know, things keep opening and closing, opening and closing. So we weren't sure, you know, when we could go. So we finally said, it's open right now. We're social distancing. We got masks. Let's go. So we went and it was, oh, it was a great time. It, you, we spent about four hours there, but that's because we really, you know, took everything in on it. You know, they had these, uh, uh, of course, they had a bunch of birds everywhere. They had, um, peacocks just walking around
1: (laughs) jeez that would be a lot of fun
0: yeah it ended up raining on us for about i mean heavy 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 seattle type rain for about 10 minutes uh fortunately we rented a golf cart (laughs) so so we didn't have to worry about too much we we parked under a bamboo tree and waited it out and uh got to enjoy it so i was thinking yeah yeah it's definitely worth the 35 bucks to take a uh to take a uh golf cart around the place so but it was pretty cool um you know it's not a big place at all it's not like going to one of the major zoos uh that you would normally go to like that has all the penguins and the tigers and you name it i mean it's got this has birds it's got emus it's got kangaroos it's got lemurs and a few and, and a few others and it's just good for just uh it's 15 minutes up the road here, so, we, you know, just go spend a nice afternoon, you know, seeing the Yeah, different. I would and enjoy, petting, like I
1: said, I'd enjoy that.
0: Petting and feeding a is awesome. I don't care who you are. It's definitely worth price admission oh, just to do that.
1: I'd love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would definitely
0: love that. Oh, yeah. Well, John, I don't know how to tell you this, but we've already been going on for about 44, 45 minutes already. Shh. Well, we haven't
1: even talked about our other joint, uh, you know, um, know. Uh, hobby that we do, uh, online yeah, gaming.
0: That's right. That's right. That is the last thing I actually wanted to talk about before we go into this little thing called dsb 12 Now, the, how I met you was through online gaming. I lived in another state, and our mutual friend, David, um, I may bleep his name out. I don't want to get him in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, know, He gets himself
1: into enough trouble. That's so. right.
0: <laughs> well he uh he used to own a store in glasgow that catered to that and that's how i actually got into it and i enjoyed it and uh then i got out of it for a number of years uh he actually ran a number of them over the years at his own uh place with a number of my friends and we parted ways uh because i went to school and then i got married and ugh. Uh, <laughs> that 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 was one of those learning experiences Um uh, but while I was there, uh, living in the mountains of Virginia, uh, he was like, hey, I'm going to do something online. You want to get started in that? And uh, that uh, we played in this uh, World War II type of horror uh, game online, rolled virtual dice, and uh, that's how we first met. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you guys, I, I think I just blew you guys' minds. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, the character that you had was very memorable.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is based on a couple of real people. So, and I kind of play the same sort of character that everybody has come to either love or, or just not know what to yeah. make of. Yeah. Uh, I've played him in World of Warcraft online and EverQuest and, and Asheron's Call. And,
0: uh, oh, wow, Asheron's Call. Wow.
1: Yeah. I remember and, and, that. Uh, Dark Age of Camelot and uh, even the Lord of the Rings for a while online. And he's based on basically the rock really <laughs> is like his he's kind of the rock on steroids. But there was also <laughs> a character cartoon character. I think it was called the tr- troll a trollkins It was a guy who used to make up his own words, but he would do it in a way that he would be talking to you and you'd be, you'd be like, "What well, did he what did he just say? What? Yeah. What was that? So I what kind in of in the world is melded... pre-mystification. What is that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and I just kind of melded that persona into one person, and and that's basically how I play the character. And and it's great with the situations we get into, where <laughs> you leave it up to him to talk, and it doesn't really go well sometimes. <laughs>
0: I tell you what, I love the fact that you carry over, it may not be the exact copy, obviously, but you carry him over to the different, you know, type of systems and worlds, and you kind of create sort of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe of your guy, uh, just touching in every single world that you've been able to play in.
1: It's adapting him. Like, I still, like, we're doing the Warhammer thing, and I really haven't gotten into being him yet because of the way warhammer is like it's if you know guys out there know you know the differences in the games and the world and the genre and you know it's it's hard to be the fab in this particular world
0: <laughs> i tell you what um for those that don't know warhammer is a dark fantasy uh, game uh where it's it's a whole there's a lot of information to it but without going into too much detail um let's see how dark it is. Let's picture Heath Ledger's Joker on on heroin. Yeah, that's a good good description. <laughs> Everything is kind of really dark. It's depressing, but you know, you as the quote unquote heroes, which I don't know if you can call yourself heroes or not. That's sort of like you're just trying to carve your way into that and survive. So, right, the way that you can take a character that like him and try to figure out how to make him work in that has been has been really interesting to be able to witness myself and I think it's I think he's going to be successful in that
1: I just uh, I just need time to sort of get acclimate him he's probably not going to be full bore but you know the typical fab like in some of the other universes we played in like 13th age and stuff yeah. but I'm gonna get a close close enough facsimile sooner or later <laughs> <laughs>
0: But it's fun. Uh, it's it's just it's it's really fun just to get together uh, once a week and just get lost in another world to get away from uh, the depressing state that this world is right now. Even outside of COVID nineteen, just just
1: know. yeah, just the wor- just everyday life, just to escape for a little while and become somebody else. And it's just the interaction among the the group we have now with Caitlin and Jake and and Dave running it. Yeah you know it, it it's it's just to me that's the best part i look forward to the you know the tuesday evenings we play
0: oh yeah oh it's so much fun i i just i can't get over and we've we've played a lot of different uh, games now i tell you my favorite one that we've played together is demon hunters Yes. Just because that yes. is <laughs> nuts. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, if, you, uh, if you've if you ever heard of this uh, group, it's Dead Gentleman Productions on YouTube. They, it's this, they started making these little short films for a bunch of different things. One was called The Gamers. Uh, it had a sequel or two with it. Uh, they've got a bunch of different uh, fantasy type ones. And they also do one called uh, Demon Hunters, which is sort of like The X-Files on Marijuana
1: yeah yeah x-files uh, yeah it's kind of
0: mission impossible x-files on that's that's yeah it, men in black
1: sort of men a little black, bit of yeah. that
0: yeah and we definitely play to the weird so <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that group is unique yes very in so much. many ways
0: <laughs> very much and it's, it's so much fun and that's uh you know that's one of the things that we talk about jake uh you know he the character that he made uh you know if anybody's ever going to play Demon Hunters, of course, you play the characters how you see fit. That's that's a part of the whole uh, role-playing experience. You you play it to how you see fit. And, of course, if the rules don't work, you change the rules. But something like that, you know, I already had a leg up on it because I was a big uh, gen- Dead Gentleman fan anyway. And uh, I'd already seen the uh, Demon Hunters uh, <laughs> videos. And they were really funny. And when Dave mentioned... Uh, Hey, they've got a game. You know, a few years ago, I was like, "Really, they've got one?" And so I knew eventually we'd have to. And I tell you what, that is that is so much fun. I mean, you get more catharsis out of that than you would leaving a stressful day at work and taking a baseball bat to, you know, a car. You know, it's just- <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's absolutely because it's just just the weirdest stuff happens, and it just you're in the same the weirdest situations, and you know, Jake is a character all to himself. Uh-huh. So when you put the fab with him and, and, and your character, Eli and and Pete, forget it, forget it. <laughs> I it's almost think uh, for
0: people to kind of relate to it, I th- kind of think it would be a, uh, what would happen if, uh, the creators of Rick and Morty did a show like that. Yeah. Yeah. It would, it's just fun. It is a whole lot of fun. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Well, John, I'm going to go through these. Uh, I've got a list of actual 12 questions, and I mentioned this uh, the other day. These 12 questions are actually, some of them I have taken from, um, from uh, J- Mr. James Lipton, who, audience, if you don't know who that is, Mr. James Lipton, he taught um, courses. Uh, I can't remember what school up in New York, uh, but he taught acting courses and theater courses, and he had this television show called Inside the Actor's Studio and basically what he would do is he'd just have him in and have him talk just like i've been doing here with john and at the end uh he would have a standard set of 10 questions he wanted to ask well i've taken a couple of them from him but i've left one that was strictly from him i've left that uh for the very last one just as an homage to him because i was a big fan of that show and uh they're trying to bring it back, but I don't know how successful it is without him. He's just that personality yeah. he had where he was just very yeah. stoic and monotone in the way he spoke. It, it almost felt like he was looking deep into the person he was speaking to. So, of course, we're not going to be able to do that because that's I can't do that. I'm not James Lipton. Nobody's James Lipton. But I do have some questions I would like to ask you. Mm-hmm. And some of them start out really easy, and then the last few are kind of introspective. So... First, what is your favorite word?
1: My favorite word mm-hmm. hmm so that's, that's not an easy one <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair.
0: <laughs> See, I didn't send these to him in advance. These are all off the top of his head.
1: No, he did not, and I wish he did. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite word um. Constabulation.
0: <laughs> What's your least favorite word?
1: Um. <laughs> no, I can't say it because I'll offend people. <laughs>
0: I'll come up uh, with you can word. you can say what it starts with, and I can, uh, or you can say it and I can bleep it out. <laughs> 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 Sorry. I didn't think <laughs> that you were going in that direction. No, that caught me. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh,
1: my least favorite word. Let me yeah. think. Um. Um. I'm trying to think of something that would have to be at the end of a vacation. Um, You know, it would be my least favorite words, but uh, you know, welcome home.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I get that. (laughs) Uh, What's your favorite part of the day?
1: These days, believe it or not, going to bed, nighttime. (laughs) I'm really tired. Mm. physically and mentally and just getting into bed and just laying down those first like 30 seconds of just totally decompressing has become my favorite i I mean drinking my first cup of coffee definitely ranks up there too but right now i'd say going to bed
0: i hear you me too um what sound or noise do you love
1: um hmm, what sound or noise do i love I would say the Mac Chime startup sound, since it's back. (laughs) (laughs) Or the Islander goal horn when they score goals. There you go. (laughs) That's an awesome, awesome sound if you're an Islander fan.
0: Uh, What sound or noise do you hate?
1: Um... The sound of a garbage truck at seven o'clock in the morning that wakes me up because the sanitation guys feel it necessary to come so early in the morning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can't they circle around for an hour?
1: (laughs) I wish they would. I would pay them to do so.
0: (laughs) Uh, What scent brings you joy? Coffee. Uh, Yeah, I'm not a big coffee drinker, but I tell you what, one of the best smells on the entire, in the entire planet is just waking up. If it's not bacon, coffee is just right there.
1: Yeah. Bacon is there too, but coffee. Yeah. Ugh. Uh,
0: on the flip side, what scent brings you disgust?
1: Nail polish. Oh. Seriously. I, I don't know why. Uh, it just bothers me the smell of nail polish. Um, that's probably one of the ones
0: (laughs) well if you've got a sensitive nose like i do yeah it would it would give me a headache for prolonged uh you know exposure to it um now this one right here you can go in either direction or both directions if you like Uh, uh what other profession or hobby do you think you would like to attempt I'd like to – if I
1: could see, I'd like to fly. Mm. Oh, yeah. that. Would um, be awesome. I'd love to be able to fly an aircraft. Uh, I, to me, that's like the one thing if I ever – that's the one, like not having sight besides playing hockey, um, flying a plane. That would be awesome.
0: Uh, this one's fun. What's your favorite curse word?
1: It's not really a curse word per se, but I like douchebag. <laughs> it's yeah. just it fits so many, so many situations well.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> I completely or, agree with that.
1: And and my friend Rick and we've come up with different like um, versions, like douchebaggery, douchebaggerisms. You know, just <laughs> just different things like douchebagulization bag- Just
0: you know, you gotta speak it, on the down low. You say there's a DB. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> alright now these last three they're they are a little more introspective alright the first one is if you can interview any famous person living or dead who would it be because you already Gosh. interview people anyway
1: living or dead who would I like to interview
0: a famous person yeah
1: a famous person uh, well I mean, from the, sp- the sports point of view is one thing. One person I would love, two people I would really have loved to interviewed overall would be Pope John Paul II or Abraham Lincoln.
0: Oh, nice. Very cool.
1: You know, sports, I could go any route with that, but uh, those would be <laughs> the people I would love to just be able to sit down and just ask questions.
0: Now, this one's a little different. This one doesn't necessarily have to be famous. This is just Anybody. If you could have dinner with anyone, and I mean anyone of your choosing, living or dead, who would it be? Anya. Anya. Oh, wow.
1: I met her in 2006. Did you really? Yeah, in New York. What a sweetheart of a lady. Just a nice person. I wish I had more than 20 minutes to speak to her.
0: And what beautiful music. Yes, definitely. I know people make fun of it. She kind of, uh, anytime there's an infomercial for, you know, some sort of CD set. That's where it's like really soft, soothing music. They always put her up there with uh, Kenny G and a number of others, but
1: I mean, it's definitely, I mean, it's the music I listen to to unwind when I'm really yeah, stressed. Yeah. And, and I will sometimes like on long airplane flights, I will put her music on okay. to kind of, cause I'm not, I'm not a, as much as I travel. I can't say I'm the greatest flyer and it's not that I'm scared of flying. I just get antsy being on a plane for a long period oh, of time. Yeah. yeah. So just having her music and it calms me down, and it just it's 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 had a lot of positive and memorable you know situations for me. You know, listening to her music brings me back to so many different great
0: things. I completely get that. <laughs> and uh, this one right here, this of course is hypothetical. Uh, uh, this is the one I one hundred percent took from Mr. James Lipton. Uh, he always asked if heaven exists. What would you like God to say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates?
1: I remember. (laughs) I remember um, Peter Boyle's response to that. Welcome home, son. So and not to, you know, uh, not to copy you off of him, but something along those lines.
0: What's the matter? He's dead. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And just hopefully my father is standing on the other side of the gate waiting for me.
0: Very cool. Well, John, that's it. That's all I got for you. No, know. it was more than enough.
1: It was great. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. I try to make this as painless as possible. You know, I Well,
1: tried- I'm so used to doing interviews with my business and technology and talking Apple stuff. So this was just like an awesome, you know, diversions from that. I mean, obviously we talked a little bit about it, but this was just great because it was so much other stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, we, you know. I, I'd like to have this as more of just like a conversation of course there, I always ha, uh, I have these questions at the end but most of the time I'm just I'm just asking you what I was interested in knowing and some of the stuff that I had an idea about um, that I didn't fully know because when we you know normally when we get together and talk it's Oh hey! Oh, it's time to game. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and
1: you know, usually it's just what's you know the current what's you know currently going on, and we yeah. don't really get into in depth conversations about hey, you know, how did work go? What did you do? You know, stuff like that. Yeah,
0: it's never like what what did you want to do? Where do you want to go? You know, that type right. of thing. But it's been fun. Now I'm gonna let you go for the rest of your evening, and I'm gonna record a little outro after this, and I'm gonna go home.
1: yeah good did you know it's late and it's getting late by you at least you're now behind me nothing changes in the next hour by the way oh yeah (laughs) just so you know
0: (laughs) well john i will talk to you tomorrow night my friend all right we'll talk to you later all right bye everybody And that, ladies and gentlemen, was my buddy, John Panarese. I love the guy. Love you, Fab. (laughs) Audience, I hope you got a little bit of insight into my life as well as a little bit into John's. And just, he's a great personality anyway. He's a great person. And I just thought everything that he does and has done and continues to do is just amazing. And it's, love the guy to death. Anyway. As always, if you'd like to reach us, you can get us at our email at deadpanstudio18 at gmail.com. We're on social media at deadpanstudio18 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I hope I'm talking to the mic correctly. Um, (laughs) Then um, we're on a bunch of streaming services. Go check us out. Go Google us, Deadpan Studio Podcast. Find the black and white logo. You'll find us easy. We're on a bunch of stuff now. We're on twelve, hopefully fourteen by the time this episode comes out. Uh, but check us out: iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcast, TuneIn, Spotify, Podbean. Of course, Podbean. I love you, DeadpanStudio.Podbean.com. There are our. They are our server. They host these files. They send them out to all the streaming services. It's also a streaming service itself. You can download it onto the iPhone. I'm not sure if it's on any others, but at least you can go to the website through your browser, whatever type you use, deadpanstudio.podbean.com. Check it out. Ooh, excuse me. (laughs) That was unprofessional. Uh, Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that, and I hope you enjoy the interview we do next week. Thanks, guys. We'll check you later. Bye.